Hey, hello, my lovely podcast friends. How are you doing? It is the last show of the year. How is the life going on? And how was the year for you? As you can see in a few blog posts uh, in Dutch and English, you can know that last year was not really what I expected from it. But it is the last show. So we are closing the books and closing the shows. Um, so it's also the last forecast of the show. So that's gonna be fun. I really hope you're gonna enjoy it. Let me know what you think about it. Feel free to repost, share, and other things because the first re- the first uh, episode about my outlooks went viral and I shared a few times with people. So that may- means that new people are tuning into the program, and it's something that I really, really, really enjoy. Um, on this show, we're gonna out- have an outlook on the last things. Uh, so I will begin with the geographical thing, finalize with the Netherlands and my future. So on that then I would say from let's get the ball going and let's get your profitable moment on its way. It happened. The United Kingdom is leaving the European Union. The people have spoken and created an unprecedented happening. This creates great investment opportunities. They are outlined in the Profitable Brexit Report. You can find it at hofprofit.com slash profitablebrexit and during the introduction week you receive a 50% discount. So. Join the highway to profitable Brexit, Brexit momentum. Hofprofit.com slash profitable Brexit. So on the first geographical segment, we're going to have a look at the Middle East. And that means that if I look at Saudi Arabia, Iran, Lebanon, Yemen and Israel. Um, let's begin with Saudi Arabia. And the uh, search for money for the country will keep going on. The day are uh, at the end of the year they gonna lower the oil price because they had the Saudi Aramco uh, IPO, and for the Saudi government they need to get the price the price high. The, I don't think that they are really gonna look at a sector or a way to get peace in the Middle East, but like what they are doing in Yemen. And slowly on, the country will lose its dominance in the energy world. If you look at, they are the most important OPEC member by far. But slowly on you see that there are cracks in the OPEC and you see that all types of countries are now pushing on. If you look at the deal that Saudi Arabia, that uh, Russia with Venezuela made, made for the oil, it basically means that more oil will be produced outside the control of the OPEC. And that is an important lose, uh, losing for, the, for uh, the Saudi Arabia kingdom and the country. And the highs, uh, they will keep going on with all the high subsidies on housing, jobs, and all types of inefficient things. And the sad thing is that there is no real future for Saudi Arabia that, uh, other than being like Yemen, just a poor country where we can do a war. And if you want to kill each other as a global world, then we can do it in Saudi Arabia. They will have the great benefit of the Muslim pilgrimage towards Mecca, but that's it. And uh, the sad thing about Saudi Arabia is that the petrodollar could be death in 2018. It could be a few years later, but you see slowly on the petrodollar is being killed. Uh, normally Saudi Arabia only buy American weapons and now they are already buying Russian. They are making deals with Russia and you see that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is, to the, is corrupt to the bone, but they are not capable of fixing the problem. And I don't think that they are really a military power for, for an easy reason. They, their army are soldiers of fortune. So, and the side effect is that those people are not really happy to get killed. That are not the people to, that want to get slaughtered for their country. They are more than happy to run with their, with their M16 in the, de- in the desert for 10,000 US a month. But they are not going to get themselves killed. And what you see is that the Red Carlton, which is now being used as a uh, high-end prison, 
the government will keep pushing on and keep blackmailing people for paying money because the government is in deep financial trouble and the country is getting its issues if i look at iran i think that iran is sooner or later i don't think 2017 but later on they will invade saudi arabia and they are already fighting saudi arabia in yemen but and they are all on all the sides where they are taking it on against saudi arabia the saudis are losing and the iranians are winning and that's for an easier reason since saddam hussein our ally in iraq who was a lunatic uh, was in place the iranian have fought they have fought rebels fight after war war after war so they are really trying to the bone and because obama betrayed the middle east and slow uh, close the deal with iran they are now really getting the oil export back into place and getting the money in if you uh, for example if you look at that they are the prime financing financer of hezbollah but hezbollah has over a billion in money on the bank so just imagine what they could do with a billion and i was on social media a debate and i suggested that they should start an irrigation program to get the water to get the, to get seawater get the salt out of it and get the country capable of grow more vegetables this sounds maybe stupid but it should be possible to do something like this yeah and the reason is that i think that it will be great and the people of iran who i'm really sure are really friendly and really nice they are just stuck with a terrible regime they don't have to die from food and it is an expensive way of growing food because living in a desert means that you have problems with growing the food but it could make a big difference and the other side is that iran is one of the few oil oil producer countries who can scale up the production with low-cost oil that's an interesting site i don't think that iran will turn into a safe friendly nice government uh, they will keep fighting wars everywhere and the reason they will keep fighting it is that they are the other they are the, the big power in the middle east and if i look at all the wars they are winning they have won from everyone in the last 10 years uh, you see that Iraq is their Dutch uh, outskate Fazal state. It's a country that basically there is not a uh, bone or not an uh, everything is getting in via Iran. So the Iranian government took a smart move in getting their, the Iraqis under their control. So after Saddam Hussein uh, sent uh, poison gas, the Iranians have won. So it takes the time, but they are winning. Uh, the fact that they are under sanctions doesn't mean that they are really uh, gonna get hurt because they can sell their, count their oil to natural resources to other countries and what you see in the fight against Islamic State on which the Iranian government is really pushing forward and helping Assad in defending his country you see that also Islamic State is capable of selling the oil so somehow people are violating the sanctions and then another country I'm un uh, unfortunately not capable to visit is Lebanon and that's bad, it's really sad because I would love for uh, to visit it. Uh, it will remain a party country, it will remain crazy and, it will, and Lebanon will remain its dominance in the global weapon trade. It, I, do, I do think that within the next two years, so 2018-2019 we'll get a new war in Lebanon and Beirut will be the new town where the kids and the people are partying when the fighter jets are flying over. And the reason that I say so is that uh, you see more and more indications that there is that the wars in the Middle East are expanding on all sides. And Lebanon is a real big accident waiting to happen. And that's it's sad. I really don't like it. Uh, I think that Beirut is a crazy town. Uh, it would be good. It would be crazy because all the drug, all the weapon money is all going in. And they are partying. And let them party. I mean, at least partying is better than killing each other. 
and unfortunately the rest of the world will get engaged and they then are gonna end up in a war and that's really sad i mean if you look at it by the route the monte carlo of the middle east the town where every the country where everything is possible who are who if they would stop struggling with their internal problems and they would be capable of kicking the refugees out or get money in from other countries to finance the refugee problem then the country could be really prosperous as a small country uh, it has a really favorable banking regime that means that for expats nomads the banking is really good um, they are having good privacy and a company structure it's a really good low-tech financial center especially for the french market and the government is capable of building up a country really rapidly and that's something that we that western world should learn from if you look at the speed uh, and, and the race of space and the speed that they are rebuilding a country in lebanon and in lebanon they are having a war every few years so it's something that you could uh, that you know like a swiss clockwork would work and they get a war if they say they're gonna get a war they get a war and it is sad and it's true Unfortunately, we will see more manslaughter, killing, murdering, and so in Yemen. And that's something that I really don't like, but it's a fact. I don't think that Iran and Saudi Arabia are capable of solving the problem. The only matter, the only reason that they are capable of solving the problem is when the Saudis are running out of cash. That's the only reason. And that's not going to happen for the next year, so that will go happening. And this should tell you something, that in the Middle East, if you want to buy a house, don't go for the Middle East. Because it will put you on for the long run. If you want to invest in something in the Middle East, try the weapon industry. Um, I'm going to get out and report on the profitable wire about this. It's just something to think about. It is an interesting method. And no, I don't say that I like the war. I don't like it. I, like, I don't like the war idea, but I'm just recognizing the facts. And then we get to the last country, the only democracy in the Middle East, that's Israel. And they will be under attack and under permanent threat. Uh, one side you have the so-called Palestinian government, which if they would turn into a government, it would be a failed state straight away. If you look that Abbas is now saying about half of his people, let them die, literally, because he don't want to have the water to feed them. So that's a, that's the first problem. That you're gonna see, and this is gonna, and you see that now more and more countries are following the great leadership of Trump to moving the embassy from Yeru from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, and which it is and always will remain. You see that now Uruguay, Paraguay, Honduras are doing it, and slowly on you see more and more, and the momentum will keep going, and you will see that more is happening. It is sad, and I do think that the economy will keep expanding over there. One side, uh, the outlooks in the military sector are really good, important for the economy, and the knowledge and creative sectors are also really going to contribute more to the economy for the exports. On that side, yeah, I d uh, if you have a chance, I would say don't buy shares in LL, the national flag carrier of Israel, because I don't see how they would ever turn into a profitable airline. And the reason is easy. Um, they are holding their aircraft down at the ground one day a week, on average. Yeah, that is going to cause problems, because you have your big lease payments, and those lease payments are covered on the flying the aircraft 360 days a year. That's basically what everyone uses in the business plan. So that means you, uh, they calculate in five days it's on the ground for maintenance and things that you don't expect. And then you have, and otherwise you have, then you're going to make money. If you are putting them down 52 days, your business plan is not going to work. But I must admit that the alternate I would not like on the airliner, it is a really a safe airline. So if you want to be safe, try them. Uh, it is the airline that also 
will really check everything out, but it is the safe go way to go. So if you value your head on your shoulders, then go for it. And I strongly suggest that you check out the starter business climate over there, because when I'm gonna do it. And secondly, it is if you look at when Israel was formed, and that was by the United Nations, one of the few good things the UN ever did in this history. And if you see what it was, it was just a bloody desert land, and now it's a flourishing dem dem democratic government with a great economy that's going forward. So it's all going the proper way. And you can say that you disagree with the politics, well that's fine. But that is something for the people who are allowed to vote to choose. And that is what they choose. And it's going to be an interesting uh, effort to see how their country will procrastinate. All the listeners love to making some money, but you will have to pay tax upon your money. But that's to change. You can save on your tax. Pay no tax. Completely legal. Start earning more money so you can take care for your beloved ones. So you can travel visa free. Get yourself the tax free passport. Get yourself the starting point to a tax free lifestyle. A lifestyle which is an ultimate freedom. Hofprofit.com slash passport. I say Hofprofit.com slash passport. Okay, that means it's time to have a look at Asia. And in Asia, well, where else can we start with China? Where Xi Jinping is driving his great policies and pushing the, forward, the country forward out of the poverty. Uh, they will keep doing it. You will see that the Silk Road project to enlarge 70% of the world consumer market is gonna get more and more shape. The Netherlands will keep losing the Silk Road investments because yeah, they have the technical investments going via the low-tax uh, structures in the Netherlands, but the physical activity is not happening here. And that's sad. It's costing jobs and that's thanks to the great policies of the Dutch government. If you look at the Belgium government doing really well, they got the Volvo distribution, they got two, they got in total, 19 aircraft that's gonna be that could be based in, in Belgium to connect with China. It's gonna be, it's gonna be used. So I think that after uh, Greece, Belgium is the second market, the second biggest market for Silk Road project investments. So that's really great. Then, when you look at China, the pollution will remain a big problem, and the country will keep pushing forward for green technology. If the thorium nuclear power plants could take shape, then this is a country that will push forward. And you see that they are the one of the few countries in the world with a steady, stable supply source of uranium. Really important for the nuclear energy. They will keep buying farms all around the world just to feed the people. And that's because they need the food. And they will keep pushing forward the pressure on China to stop the subsidies on its aviation sector will increase. You see that now recently Bloomberg uh, published an article that the Chinese are putting over a billion a day into subsidizing the aviation and flying the world. I do own shares in the company in the Chinese aviation and that's because it's a profitable one. And well, everyone is fighting on price, they are fighting on service. So that means, yes, you're not the biggest one, but you're getting all the profitable customers. And that's really, really, really important because that's where the money is. So. On that side, uh, I would never go for property in China and don't buy it, uh, lease it. R reason one, the quality could be really terrible. Second reason is that other people, if you go for an apartment, for example, uh, they are not putting money aside for maintenance and that's going to cause for problems. And the big question is which problems it's going to be. 
you don't know. I was I recently saw a video that the elevator dropped down, the cable knack broke down. Well, people were in it, and the elevator went down from the second to the main f basement, and people and there was a family in it. So you don't want to do it. It's really scary. I think I don't want to try. On the side of pollution, I also think that China is one of the few countries who's really gonna push forward. They are more and more taking over the world leader position. Unfortunately, the Arabic countries don't like President Trump from the United States. And to be honest, I don't have a clue why yet they don't like his decision to bring the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. But hey, that's his decision and they are uh, that's their call, his call. On the other side, on China, you'll see you'll see more and more tension ha in in Asia happening. Uh, China is building beautiful new islands and new creatures to show that the Chinese Sea is theirs, and they are uh, slowly on arming everyone. They are engaged in wars and slowly on. It's time for them to find a permanent solution for the problem of Tibet. Well, that's called a, perm a good problem, and that means that I will always support the Chinese government. Because, well, let's face the fact, I'm dependent on their reliability. Well, if we look then at North Korea, the North Korean government will procrastinate on its nuclear program. They have the hydrogen bomb, they have the rockets, they have everything to threat the world. And you see that the world is mocking and complaining and sanctions are not working. Because they are moving on. And the big question is... Will an accident happen? I don't think that the war between North and South Korea will get big again with purpose. But it could be that a bloody accident happens. Uh, two soldiers kill each other. Um, a soldier walks on one of the biggest minefields over there. It's just not really a safe location. And wars start by accidents. They don't start by uh, big major uh, uh, plans. They start by an accident. And superpowers uh, if they're gonna fight in Asia then North and South Korea could be a great, great move but the North Korean government could simply wipe out Seoul and that means that they could terminate the South Korean government and I think that they're gonna do some form of testing or parade or whatever just prior to the Olympic Games which are held in South Korea in a few months time and this is just to show the world hey we can still do it uh, South Korea will have to live with the military duty and the problems of a war and the problems that North Korea is generating. And the big problem is that when they unify they are bankrupt straight away because, well, let's face the fact, North Korea is bankrupt and the government in North Korea is putting all its resources in a, in a military program. And I must admit I'm impressed by the progress. It's really not nice but they are moving really fo forward really quickly and they are doing things that other countries can't do and if you look at the development rate well you have to agree to me that they are going developing quick route if I look at Japan they are doing more of the same economics and the economics are not working they will never work they did it work for 30 years and they are not gonna work in the next 30 years that means that Japan will slowly glide and go down to a really poor country also that i do think that they need to fix the fukushima problem and it would be handy if they were not using the homeless people and give them deadly radiation then um, it would be handy maybe it's a better solution to see why people get homeless and stop that problem if i look at the other market areas that i consider interesting then i would say india will having the same bureaucratic problems it will have a pollution problem and they should fix it and if the Indian government is really smart, they start fixing the water problem. 
Dan die air, dan die air pollution. And it's one of the countries that benefited most from the outsourcing industry. The problem with Pakistan will remain there. And the Pakistan and the Islamic Republic of Pakistan will keep its hands and its activities in, in the international world of terrorism. And the big question for me is what will happen in Myanmar. At the moment I'm not really sure. It could be that they are embracing the, the, the benefits of free trade and capitalism. But we have to see. They are getting out of the sanctions and getting there. And it's just... Let's have a look what's happening. It's a young population. It has its own internal problems. Like with the Rohingyas. And it, it would be handy if they are fixing those Moria problems. If I look at the other countries that you need to have your eyes on, then I would definitely say Mongolia and Kazakhstan. And Uzbekistan, Tajikistan. Uzbekistan and Tajikistan are not really the countries you want to go to, but they are really important for the energy and the transit of energy. And if my sources are correct, and more normally they are, then Uzbekistan lost a few nuclear weapons who were from the generation of the Soviet Union. What you have to look at Kazakhstan is the Iranian production and the fiscal production and especially and how that's going down because this is this is the big this is the elephant in the room this is the problem for the world energy sector and you need to have a check out uh, at it because a nuclear power plant uh, is cost uh, uranium is only th 2 to 3% of the cost of the operation the rest is mainly financing and so the price can go really high there is a fiscal shortage there is no real new source that's going to get on the market so that's gonna get tough and that's basically my Asia look because well let's face the fact Australia and New Zealand will keep doing its thing New Zealand will benefit from its free trade deal with China something that Europe lacks and Europe should really get and New Zealand will benefit from its low tax structures and its financial system which is designed to benefit business and the country social media is here Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Weibo, Blogging, LinkedIn, Swan, Google+. But how to use them in your advantage? Get yourself the Social Media Export Course. It's the smart point to use all social media in your advantage without burning all your time. Hofprofit.com slash SMM. I say Hofprofit.com slash SMM. And if I look at the Netherlands, then there are city council elections, and I will be clear, I, I do think that they will cause a small shockwave in the Netherlands. The city council elections will see more populistic parties who are driving around ethnic uh, groups. So you will get for the Mokro Mafia and the uh, non-settled immigrants, you will get a party, it's called Denk. You will see that uh, Geert Wilders with his party will gain momentum. And you will see that in more towns, you will get those parties ruling because if I look at where the PVV, the party of Geert Wilders, is taking part of the elections, they are the biggest or the second party, so they are really getting momentum. And the big battlefield for politics uh, will be Rotterdam, because you're gonna see the all the parties, everyone is fighting there, and it's a war zone for uh, political war zone. And it's gonna be interesting to see what's happening on that side. If I look at economic policy, the government is going to push forward on sustainability but I don't think that they are got what it takes to make the to make the decisions because let's face the fact we got Royal Dutch Shell we got a big supply of gas in Groningen which is gonna cause more shockwaves and the big thing is from at least in my opinion 
why should you, what's gonna happen? I mean, you saw that Royal Dutch Shell is partly Dutch, partly English, due to the Brexit. They have to make a choice. Uh, Unilever also has to do the choice. And I would say at this moment that both organizations are leaving. The reason is easy. Compare Rotterdam with London. Which is best for your global head office? The British have a more favorable tax regime and they have a better military operation and knowledge around the world, better diplomatic uh, pressure. This doesn't mean that the countries will not remain active in the Netherlands, but they will keep scaling down. And that's not really a big issue for me. I mean, who cares if a head office more or less? There was a time when the Unilever head office was 66 floors. Now it's just a few. So, But they are fighting it. It's an implication of the Brexit. And the Netherlands will keep losing in the battle for Silk Road projects. Because don't forget there is a lot of money there. And a lot of money going to be spent. And the Chinese simply buy what they want and what they need. That means that on the Chinese side... They will use the Netherlands and Luxembourg as a tax structure to channel the investments, but not for the physical activity. And that's fine. That makes sense. I mean, let's face the fact, taxation is a crime. Um, I already had my outlook on Eindhoven. I think, I think the country goes bankrupt due to the incompetence of Renato Richters as an elder man responsible for the social affairs. It's time to for them for all to realize it's going down and spending um, over a million a week more than you get in is not a sustainable thing. The economy will keep going relatively well and the reason is that everyone will point out that the high-tech sector is moving greatly and making a lot of money. But the high-tech sector is also low in the field of employees. And that's going to be a big problem and that's going to push strength on it you will see innovation artificial intelligence and those things are gonna kill it um, you'll see, see slowly on an increase on blockchain techn uh, driven technology in the financial sector but unfortunately for europe the european commission blocked this that means that a lot of those fintech companies have problems will have problems on f surviving financially and i think that the netherlands will need to find a solution for its earthquakes and its energy problem that they're gonna get and they're gonna say that we that they're gonna do but it's time for them to realize what's gonna happen and how they have to fix it then my future i will be clear i have no future in the netherlands i had re 27 was a terrible year um we're now trying to get, get to deal for closure a lot of things have to be finalized but i don't think i have a future uh i think that if i would stay in the netherlands for the next five to ten years i will die because someone would simply shoot me and if you look at the fact that the more that we have a democracy uh, group of people with a dutch moroccan passport they are running the drug straight and they are solving their problems with the machine gun and just firing and if you shoot by accident the wrong person that's their business that's how they work so uh, I will start a vlog. I will start vlogging. That's gonna be fun. So that means on audio, on on video, on text, you're gonna get it. And I will get this podcast on radio. I need to see what, where now. And I will simply do the plans I had for 2017 and 2018. But I will be clear: there is no future for me. If you want to join me, then send me a tweet and let me know what you think about it. You can tweet me at Lodewijkhoff or you can leave a message here below on SoundCloud. And with that, um, it's, uh, all I have to say is I wish you a really lovely 2018. Make it a highly profitable, highly successful year. Let me know how I can help you in 2018. I look forward to hearing back from you. And I hope that to speak to you face-to-face -face and let me know what is going on. And, well, 
I will talk to you with four lovely shows in the first week of 2018. And then let me know how it goes. And see you on the other side in the new year.